0: Our K through 12 promotions. Of course, you know we have many wonderful preschool students here as well. We also have many wonderful college students who we are very, very, very proud of all of their accomplishments. We are so excited to see what God is going to do in your life in this next coming school year of 2020 and 2021. What a morning. What a morning. This is just absolutely wonderful to see all these young people and these children. By the way, uh, when we have regular activities, uh, they most of these are here on Wednesday night. If you want to see a wonderful picture of many, many of these young people and children when we get back into our normal schedule, if you'll come on Sunday night, you'll see them eating pizza. I'm sorry, thank you. Wednesday night. If you'll come on Wednesday night, you'll see them eating pizza, laughing, talking, enjoying themselves, fellowshipping together. Sister Judy, if you'll come here and get ready to play me a song, I was not going to sing, but I am going to sing. Can you, can you play Acres of Diamonds? If you can, I'll get someone else. <laughs> but I thank God for. It's good to have parents here and families here, and it's so wonderful to have teachers that dedicate their time, dedicate themselves to uh, to training these young people. I said they'll be eating pizza and all these kind of things. Let me tell you what the main course that they'll be partaking of is the Word of God. They're taught the Word of God. This song was written many years ago. I don't know whether you realize when you become a Christian all the things that are available to you and how great it is. But the songwriter said it this way. Acres of diamonds, mountains of gold, rivers of silver, beauties untold. All these together Couldn't buy you or me Peace when we're sleeping Or a heart that's at ease A a satisfied mind these are the treasures money get by if you have Jesus. <laughs> There's more wealth in your soul than acres of diamonds mountains of gold. love that song. Give me, a, give me a, just a praise unto the Lord. You can't play it. You can't play it. You can play it. <laughs> Last Sunday we talked about uh, uh, or asked a question how many of uh, the disciples of Jesus were fishermen. And I said the person that calls me after the service or gets in touch with me uh, whatever and uh, answers that will get this wonderful Bible I'm jealous I have the spirit-filled Bible but this is just so improved and uh, I love it's Jack Hayford's uh, commentaries but it's the new King James version and a lot of study material in here I would encourage you to have one of these Bibles but we got a call or somehow and one of our favorite persons in the world is Jewel Yarborough. And she had the answer. It was seven disciples, really and truly, were the uh, uh, fishermen of Jesus. Would you give Jewel a hand? Thank you for coming. It is good to see you in the house of the Lord today. As uh, Christy said the outline is online or you can pick it up or maybe picked it up as you came in. It's in the foyer. But I'd like for everyone to have an outline if you possibly could because, uh, you know, you remember a whole lot more of uh, what you read than what you hear. Father, we love you today. I would not try to stand behind this pulpit and preach unless I know you were with us. Lord, wrap us in your love today. Touch hearts. Lord, we need you. We're desperate without you. I pray that you give us ears to hear, hearts to understand. And may your word go forth in a precious and powerful way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Good Shepherd. No, we're not going to talk about the Good Shepherd. The uh, prodigal son. No, we're not going to talk about the prodigal son. We're going to talk about the good Samaritan. And that is uh, an oxymoron almost because good Samaritan, when you understand how Samaritans were looked upon, especially in the New Testament, but always all through the Old Testament and New Testament, but the good Samaritan, Samaritan let me read some scripture here follow me if you will on the uh, video and here we go and behold a certain lawyer now that's an expert in the law of Moses and uh, a religion scholar says here lawyer that's who it was stood up and tested him tested Christ saying teacher what shall I do to inherit eternal life he said to him What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And your neighbor, he said, this is that uh, well-learned scholar, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live but he wanted, now listen to this, but he wanted to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Wow. Now by Chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, what? He had compassion. So he went to him bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, which is about uh, two uh, days' uh, earnings, and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So that, so which of these three, Jesus said, do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Why did Jesus pick? A Samaritan? Why, why did this story even include Samaritan? Very good question. Very important. Notice the introduction on your outline. We certainly live in days when the spirit of God, uh, I'm sorry, when, this, when the spirit of the good Samaritan
1: is needed. And the place it should be
0: displayed, same into this one, is in the lives of Christians. By using a simple story, Jesus shows that enemies can prove to be neighbors, that compassion has no boundaries, and that judging people on the basis of their religion or ethnicity will leave us dying in a ditch. This man would have died if that Samaritan had not stopped intended to him now I mentioned last week I'll be talking somewhat about racism i have one paragraph here and then I'm going to get into this great story racism is not a skin problem and this is a a statement by Mike Huckabee many of you know of Mike or know him he was the uh, governor of Arkansas and he says racism is not a skin problem it's a sin problem This is not a political divide, it's a spiritual divide. If you have cops that don't understand that their authority is limited to the law and you have a guy that puts his knee on a guy's neck and kills him, that's a sin problem. Got a little quiet. If you have people who take to the streets and they think they have a right to steal other people's property indiscriminately, whether the property is owned by blacks or whites, that's a sin problem. Amen? We've got to get to the heart of the problem, and that is certainly a sin problem in the hearts and lives of people. Now, I want you to think about this, this story that Jesus told this lawyer. First of all, the good shepherd. Now, he was a traveler, and he, tra- he, tra- he, he, he traveled uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho. That's about 17, maybe, or 20 miles. It's rocky. It's a dangerous uh, road. It was a dangerous road to travel. There were thieves that dwelt in caves and came out at times, and they terrorized these travelers, and he fell among these thieves, these robbers, and they attacked him and left him. They robbed him and left him as dead. Notice, first of all, the religious passerby. Two, two other men, two men came. First of all, there was the priest who served in the temple. He saw him and passed on the other side. That's the reason, my, my friend, we don't necessarily need religion We need salvation. We don't need necessarily religion. We need a relationship with Jesus Christ. After the priest passed by, there was a Levite. The Levite, my friend, took care of the temple. He saw him and passed by on the other side. They did not minister to him. And then came the Samaritan. The Jews and the Samaritans wanted nothing to do with each other. Yet when he saw the injured Jewish man, the Bible says in verse 33 that I read, he had compassion on him. He bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. One of the things that we have to understand is the enmity between the Samaritans and the Jews. And to give us a little understanding of this, imagine the hatred between the Serbs and the Muslims in modern Bosnia. The enmity between the Catholics and the Protestants years ago and still is in Northern Ireland. Or the feuding between street gangs in Los Angeles, or New York. And you have some idea of the feeling and its causes between Jews and Samaritans in the time of Jesus. Both of these problems were originated from pro- politics and religion. They hated each other. It was a deep hatred that these two people, these two, uh, uh, People have, or, or the Jews and the, and the Samaritans. And uh, Jesus is saying that, that he was willing to minister and to help this man. I hope as I go through the characteristics of this Samaritan, that each one of us can look and see, does, do I have this kind of spirit? Am I willing to have this kind of compassion? First of all, he opened his eyes. He saw the man. And we have here before we can meet needs, we must be aware of those needs. You get up in the morning, you go out into the world, you're going to see people with needs. You go to church and you're going to look around and there are people there in that church with needs. It's important for us to understand that God has put us here to reach out to a lot of hurting people. And would you say they're hurting people today? There are people that are confused. And it's time that you and I brought light to them. I want to read, if you will, 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. It says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, John says, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. And again, a new commandment. John says, I write to you which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The reason that John could say this is because of none other than the light that Jesus Christ brought into the world. Verse 9, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. No matter who you are be anyone in this church it could be anyone in Atlanta it could be anyone on the streets it could be anyone no matter who you are if you say i hate it just opens up for darkness to come in you may not say that literally but that's exactly what happened he who says i want to read it again he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling. Verse 11. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going. To love is to walk in light. To hate is to walk in darkness. Hate, I believe, is dividing people today. Whether it's in the church, whether it's in our nation, it can be in Washington, D.C., and there is so much, so much hate and bitterness and unforgiveness, but God says you can't walk in light if you hate your brother. Hate has a blinding effect in the Scripture. It says when you hate and light comes in, He does not, we do not know where we are going. Amen? We do not know where we're going. The true light which the gospel reveals dispels the darkness of moral ignorance and satanic, listen to this, bondage. And people are in bondage today because they allow hate, Sin, immorality, all the things that they allow to come into their heart. And that's where it starts, is in the heart. And it's a satanic power. Love the Lord, Jesus says in Matthew chapter uh, 22, verses 37 through 39. It says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second commandment is just alike. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. When we love people, we respect all human beings regardless of their race, regardless of their language or ethnic heritage. Loving people, that's a good place. Amen. That's a good place. I like it. The good Samaritan opened his eyes and he opened his heart. The difference between the priest and the Levite's gaze and the Samaritan was compassion. I, I don't know. I don't know where the compassion is gone. I don't know where the feeling for our 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 fellow man is. I, I just prayed as, as we listen to this, we ask God. And if you're listening as we stream to you, I pray that you'll ask God to give you love. It doesn't matter who they are. And God can do that. If this Samaritan can stop and and pick up a Jew and and, and take care of him, you can love your neighbor. And you can love the person that the enemy wants you to hate. Amen? He opened his eyes. He opened his heart. Then he... Open his hand. It's one thing to open our eyes and see a need. It's one thing to have compassion. But it's another thing to take that individual, pour oil and pour wine and bring healing. Families need healing. Individuals need healing. Our nation needs healing. And that's our prayer today. He opened his eyes. He opened his heart. He opened his hands. And he opened his purse. Not only did he take and pour oil and wine and and bandaged him up, he put him on his donkey and he carried him to the end and there he stayed with them. Listen to this. He stayed with them all night and he took care of him. What a love. What a love. It's one thing to say I love somebody. It's one thing to say I love those people but it's something else to reach out and be a blessing to them. He opened his his eyes, his heart, he opened his hands, and he opened his purse before he left the innkeeper. He said, listen, would you take care of him? And if you need more when I get back, I'll give you more. Are we willing to spend? Are we willing to open up our financial means and give to those that are in need? Give to those that are in need. He opened his schedule. Now, this is important. Listen to me. He opened his schedule. He put his journey on hold for a while in order to do that which was more important. We are too busy. (laughs) We're too busy. We need to slow down. We need to take time. And we need to take time. And you have this morning. And you're in church. We need to take time for those that are in need to to visit our our neighbors, to visit those uh, in the rest home, to visit those in the hospital, to say, listen, I care. I care. I hope one of these or all of these touched your life. He opened his eyes. I want to see today. He opened his heart. God, give me compassion and love for those that even the devil wants them to be my enemies. He opened his hands. And he gave, he helped him, he he ministered to him, he opened his purse. He was willing to give financially, and then he took time as he opened his schedule. It's important that we do these things. The response and what we want you to think of there are people hurting financially, there are people hurting physically, and there are people hurting emotionally. And spiritually spiritually also. I pray. I pray earnestly. God help us to understand that you have put us here. You say, I want needs met. Then let's do something about it. Let's pray. When we get up in the morning, God let me, help me to be aware of the needs that I come in contact with. And reach out and touch those people. The parable insists that love be manifest in what? Say it. Action. I don't want to just tell you I love you. I want to show you I love you. I want to be willing to reach out and take time to help. I want to bless you. Peter was willing to help someone. Listen to Acts 9. Now it came to pass as Peter went through all parts of the country that he also came down to the saints who dwell in Lydia. There he found a certain man named Ananias, and he who had been bedridden. Listen to this: he'd been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. A lot of hurting people in here. Peter found one, and Peter said to him, "Ananias, Jesus, the Christ, heals you. Arise and make your bed." Now listen to this statement. Then he arose immediately. He and so all who dwelt in Lydda and, and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Thank God. See, that's what happens when we reach out and touch people's lives. It affects people when it comes to their relationship with the Lord. Love someone. You know, uh, Linus of the peanut cartoon. He said, I love mankind, it's people I can't stand. (laughs) But if we love Jesus Christ and we have a relationship with him, then it's people we love. People that's hard to love. Let me tell you about unity. Over 20 years ago, during ministers in prayer started prayer. On 9th Street. Well, we didn't start on 9th Street. We started at the library downtown. But it wasn't long before we moved to Dayspring Church on 9th Street. And Paul Gordon and myself, we we felt led to gather ministers, preachers, parachurch ministries, all those that were in ministry, although that's gone further now. And so we started Durham Ministers in prayer, been meeting as I said, on 9th Street. And let me tell you something. There's a unity there I have never seen any better in my life. Unity. There are Presbyterians. There are Baptists. They're Pentecostals. About 40 of us. They're charismatics. They're Catholics. Until the virus, we would meet and we would hug and we would laugh and we would cry together and we reached out to each other. The devil would like to bring barriers between religious leaders in this city. And we meet every Tuesday. Even during the virus, we had a conference prayer on the phone. There's a love there. I pray that God would break down these barriers. One of my favorite persons there. His name is Willie Gibson. He's a precious black gentleman. Listen to his prayer just recently. Oh, Heavenly Father, our hearts are heavy, broken. And Willie goes on to say, Please give us eyes to see and ears to hear where your spirit is working. Help us to see every person the way you see them. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us not merely say, Father, that we love each other. Give us strength to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. Let your justice roll. Like waters. Let your righteousness and your love flow from us like rivers of living water. Purify our hearts, Lord, and fill us with genuine hunger for justice, for mercy, for true peace. Heavenly Father, let justice and mercy start with me. God, hear that prayer. Hear that prayer for this church, for us individual. Hear that prayer for Durham, North Carolina. Hear that prayer for the state of North Carolina. Hear that prayer for our nation. Oh, God. It's time for the church to pray. It's time for the church to pour out its heart. It's time for us to see people that are really and truly hurting. Don't pass by. I'm too busy. I don't have time. My schedule is tight. God can help us as we reach out to people and love them. People that are hurting. People that need somebody to touch their lives. Charles Charles Stanley. He said what we see in the Good Samaritan is genuine Christ-like attitude. He said we don't lack opportunities to be the good Samaritans, but we must first see the needs, feel compassion, and be willing to be inconvenienced in order to give our time and resources for help. As we allow the love of Jesus to flow through our hearts, we will understand more and more what it means to love our neighbors. We sing a song on 9th Street quite often when we gather together bind us together Lord bind us together with cords that cannot be broken bind us together Lord bind us together Lord bind us together together with Sing it with me. There is only one God. There is only one King. There is only one body. That is why I sing. Sing it. Bind
1: us
0: together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together. together Russ Taff sings a song powerful song I hope we'll listen to it let it touch our hearts Russ Taff as he sings we will stand We could hug and shake hands and get together. We will one day. I just love that, <laughs> Cheryl Smith. Thank you so very much for putting that together and, Pat and brother David, and that was uh, meet me at the bridge and reaching out. And several of our folks was in the picture, and meet me at the bridge, reaching out to a lot. You talking about a good Samaritan? I couldn't end it no better than that. Preaching that sermon, you're my brother, brother. Can I, uh, brother Matt? Can I get y'all to come back? Now, I'm going to have a prayer. I'm going to pray in just a moment, so don't leave yet. But now, we've still got time, but if you feel like you have to leave, we understand. But I've got to hear that song again. I've got to bring those walls down. I've got to bring all those things down that you were bringing down. You know what song I'm talking about? Okay. But we're going to pray. And if you're here today and you're lost, you need Jesus. I hope you'll accept him. If you're here today and you need God to touch your life in any way, listen, we believe in deliverance in this church. We we believe in the manifestation of the Spirit of God in this church. We believe in divine healing in this church. It happens. It will happen. God is still active in hearts and lives today. What happened with the early church is still happening today. The great outpouring that came on the day of Pentecost than speaking in tongues, the moving of the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit operating. And those people, the 120 about went out from that upper room and they turned their world upside down. Hallelujah. It happens, it will happen if we exercise faith. We've got to exercise faith and we've got to believe God. Don't get your eyes on what's happening in the world today because that's a spiritual battle. We're making it a natural battle, but it's not a natural battle. It's a spiritual battle. And it's, it's sin that we're fighting against. It's Satan that we're fighting against. So I want us to bow our heads and pray. And then if you can, let's stay and sing the song, and then we'll go home. Father, we love you today. God, I thank you for meeting Me at the Bridge. I thank you for David Smith and the ministry that you placed upon his heart. I thank you for the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. that had been beaten and stripped and left by the wayside, hurting, hungry. And yet I've seen so many, so many that have come to that ministry and been healed, been saved, been delivered, been ministered to. What a love. And I pray for Me at the Bridge. I pray, God, for those ministries. I ask you, God, to bless. And now, dear God, as we listen to this song, let it bless our hearts. Let us understand no matter what wall, no matter how the enemy has built, all those things in our life, maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe there's pain from the past that needs to be dealt with. We pray that we would deal with it today. As this song is sung, we pray that the Holy Spirit would break down every wall Every defense that the enemy has built up in Christ's name, amen. I pray against confusion. I pray against the attack of Satan on this nation. And I pray, God, that everything, every high place be brought down today. I pray for our cities that are under attack. I pray that some way I join Willie Gibson's prayer And I pray that some way, somehow, mercy and peace and righteousness would reign in our cities, in our lives, in our churches. God, may every high thing that Satan has built up, may it come down in Jesus' name. One more time, every high
1: thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be.
0: song to leave on God bless you, thank you for coming I usually say turn around, shake hands and be real friendly, just be real friendly